Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We are continuing our discussion of the general epistles. We're looking at 2 John this week. We're going to look at the whole book. It's only 13 verses, so a short epistle in 2 John, but a very important one, and it covers some very important topics about the truth and uh, standing for true doctrine, etc. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. A lot of the same things that John talked about in his first epistle, he's going to reiterate in Second John. It's no surprise that John continues to talk about the importance of love. Again, uh, John is often called the apostle of love. John is also going to talk about, again, keeping God's commandments, as well as, again, mentioning the false teachers that he was having to deal with. Namely, the Gnostics is who John was having to uh, confront uh, in in his time. And John is also going to talk about the importance of doctrine as well. Verses 1 through 3, we're going to notice John's introduction here. Verse 1 says, The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. And John does not introduce himself by name here, but rather as the elder, probably an elder in the church. Some people think that maybe he's referring to his uh, age, uh, old age as he was writing. Probably both, honestly, um, an older in age and also an elder in the church. But conservative scholarship generally does agree that the Apostle John is the writer of uh, this epistle, as well as also First John and Third John. The elect lady and her children. There's lots of different ideas on this. Some think that the word lady uh, should basically just, uh, it, it designates figurative language for the church. Others think that it should actually be translated as a proper name of an individual named Cyria, uh, C-Y. R-I-A. That is the Latinized spelling of the Greek word here. And uh, there's some decent evidence to believe that that could be right. Brother Guy in Woods tends to believe that. And uh, he cites verse number 13 at the end of this letter as evidence for that because uh, the elect lady had a sister. So it very well could be that uh, John is writing to an individual lady named Cyria, uh, but we don't know this for certain. Either way, though, uh, whether he's talking to a an individual lady Christian or he's talking um, figuratively to a lady, which is the church in general, either way, the application remains uh, the same. Verse uh, number two, uh, before we get to that, actually, uh, notice the connection that John has between love and the truth. This is very, very important. So again, he says, uh, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth. Love and truth are not mutually exclusive. They go hand in hand. Verse number two says, because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. God's truth is universal. There is a universal right and a universal wrong in spite of what postmodernism says, 
And we've talked about that on the podcast before. In fact, uh, one of our very first episodes, I think it was episode number two, if I remember right, uh, postmodernism, such a very uh, bad problem that takes place in modern society, postmodernism, the belief that anything goes, the belief that you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can both be right in our own little worlds. And uh, so uh, people basically believe that they can do whatever they want. And that is a that is just as false as false can be. So there is universal truth. There is universal right and wrong. Uh, the truth abides in us, John says, and it will uh, be with us forever. God's word is truth, John seventeen verse seventeen. It sanctifies us, also John seventeen verse seventeen. The sum of God's worth is truth. So uh, we need all of it, not just pick and and choose bits and pieces of it. Uh, like a, a spiritual buffet, if you will. No, we need all of the truth. The sum of God's word is truth. That's Psalm 119, verse 160. The word of the Lord endures forever, First Peter 1, 25. God does not change, and so the truth does not change. Verse number three, grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. Notice five essential essential elements to the Christian in John's greeting here. Can you spot five different things that uh, should characterize the life of a Christian? Grace, mercy, peace, truth, and love. And of course, you've got God represented in this verse as well. Uh, God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. And so, very crucial elements to being complete Christians, grace, mercy, peace, truth, and love as we serve God. Verses 4 through 6, the truth and love, we're going to expound on that some more. Notice that uh, these next few verses, in these next few verses, both truth and love are equally important. Again, they're not mutually exclusive. The passage we often cite in regard to this, Ephesians 4, verse 15, also teaches that. But speaking the truth in love, we can grow uh, up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. These few verses here go hand in hand with that same concept. Sometimes there's a tendency for Christians or for entire congregations to uh, to basically err on one side or the other. Well, they'll stand for the truth, but they won't stand for love. Or, we're a loving congregation, but we won't stand for the truth. And uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, we have to be Christians, and and our congregations need to stand for both the truth and love simultaneously. Again, they're not mutually exclusive. So verse number four, I rejoiced greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. So this is very similar to verse 4 of John's next epistle, so Third John verse 4, which says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walking in truth is extremely important. We must possess uh, lifestyles of faithfulness, which we talked about in detail going through First uh, John. We should not be, as James writes in James 1, verse 6, we should not be like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. 
Uh, we should not be, as Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 14, like children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. And uh, right after that is when Paul says we need to speak the truth in love in Ephesians 4, verse 15. We should not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, as it says in Hebrews 13, verse 9. And so we we should be stable. Uh, we should not be wishy-washy, uh, as we sometimes say. We need to be stable and firm in the teachings uh, of the truth of God's Word. We gain stability through the Word of Christ. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 8 says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So we have to walk and be rooted and built up and established in the faith of Jesus Christ, abounding in it with thanksgiving, and we need to beware lest someone cheat us through false teachings, through lies, uh, according to the tradition of men instead of uh, the teachings of Christ and his, uh, his apostles who taught his teachings. John says that uh, he rejoiced here in verse 4. He rejoiced greatly to find that some of the children uh, were walking according to the truth as commanded by the Father. Verse 5 says, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. We've already mentioned this several times when we went through 1 John and uh Certainly, this is something that's very important since John repeats it so often. The new commandment, that uh, really is not a new commandment. So it is new in one sense in that it's fresh and we need the reminder, but it's not new in the other sense in that we've always been told to love one another. Verse number six, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Now, in my Bible, I've got walk here, and I've got walking in verse number four. I've got that underlined. How many times do we see the idea of walking here in Second John? Well, we see it three times. And so this is indicative of the fact that we are to have a lifestyle of walking in this way. What are the two greatest commandments? Well, we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. If we love God, and if we love our neighbor, then the rest of God's commandments are going to to uh, fall right into place because the rest of the commandments hinge on loving God and loving others. So again, this is very important. Uh, if we truly have love, then we're going to be walking according to God's commandments. Now, verses 7 through 11, what we're going to notice here is the danger of false teachers. Verse number seven says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Again, 
John is directly dealing with a specific type of false teacher here, and that is the Gnostics. They denied that God's Son came in the flesh. John says that these false teachers are deceivers. They're they're manipulating people. They're lying to people. And they're also antichrist. And we talked about this in 1 John. What is antichrist? Anything or anyone who is anti-against Christ. And so the definition is literally right there in the name. Well, the Gnostics were antichrist, uh, but they were also deceivers as they were convincing people to believe the lies that they were uh, teaching. And these lies were leading to condemnation. So this is a very, very serious matter. Verse number eight says, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. I like the uh, New American Standard Bible here. It says, watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. The Greek word here carries the idea of uh, work, trade, perform, do, practice, commit, acquire by labor or acquire by working. So there we go. Is John teaching a works-based salvation here? Is he teaching that we earn our salvation? Well, no, John isn't teaching a works-based salvation any more than James uh, would be teaching a works-based salvation, for instance, in James chapter 2. Neither one of these uh, these writers are teaching works-based salvation. That's not what they're teaching. They are not teaching that you earn salvation in any way. But at the same time, they are acknowledging that there are things that God expects us to do. And if we don't do things that God has told us, hey, you have to do this, then can we lose our salvation? Absolutely we can. And so as I often say in many of the verses that I read in the New Testament, I don't see how anybody can read this and believe in the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. It simply isn't so. So again, the verse says, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. You can lose your salvation. Uh, this verse plainly teaches it. And if, if these uh, individuals who were believing the Gnostics, if they continued believing those lies, then their salvation would be lost. John also talks about the reward that we don't want to lose. And of course, that is clearly heaven. Uh, we don't want to lose out on the joy of our reward in heaven. Now, verse number nine is extremely important. It says, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, who does not uh, stay with the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Transgresses here is uh, the idea of going ahead with, uh, with a false doctrine. If you look at it in the Greek, it's as if to say that uh, John would say something along the lines of, look, you've been warned about these false teachers. If you keep going with them, uh, if you keep listening to their false doctrines, if you accept their false doctrines, if you teach them yourself, if you go ahead, if you transgress with these doctrines, then you're not abiding in Christ, and you proceed at your own risk. 
because what's in what's going to end up happening is you're going to be lost because of that. That's why it's so important for us then to preach the truth. Not only to preach the truth, but also to associate ourselves with the truth. And so do we combine services with denominations down the street? No, we can't do that, right? Because uh, we can't be in fellowship with false doctrine. And there are many, many false doctrines that are promoted uh, in denominationalism, such as false doctrine regarding salvation itself, uh, false doctrine regarding the unity of the church, false doctrine regarding worship, false doctrine regarding the organization of the church, false doctrine regarding morality, and many other things as well. There's there's a false doctrine that abounds in the denominational world. We simply cannot fellowship uh, the darkness of false doctrine. That's what John plainly teaches here. Again, he says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Whose doctrine is it, by the way? Is it mine? Is it yours? What about the elders? Is it their doctrine? Is it the church itself? You know, is it the congregation's doctrine? Well, we should have the doctrine. Uh, we should abide by the doctrine. And so I can see how someone might use possessive uh, pronoun terminology to describe our doctrine only in the sense that we're abiding in it. Uh, this is what we teach, we might say. Why? Because we teach what Jesus taught. And so whose doctrine really is it? It's Jesus's doctrine. It's the doctrine that belongs to him because he is the head of the church. So I think we need to be careful and try to be precise in our language. I know sometimes we we might use terminology like my teaching or this is what we teach. Well, yes, we do, but why do we? Because it's what Jesus taught. That's who the doctrine belongs to. So that's kind of a uh, a deal there where you might think we're splitting hairs, but it's important for us to make sure and understand that it's the doctrine of of Christ, just as it says here. Now, verses uh, 10 through 11, uh, this is important as well. It says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor even greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. So if someone comes to you and does not bring the doctrine of Christ, don't receive them into your house. Don't greet them uh, as if everything were fine because everything's not fine because they're teaching false doctrine. Greeting implies fellowship. He who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Now, this is not saying that we need to be rude to people, that we need to mistreat people, but it is saying that we cannot act like everything's fine and we cannot act like, well, they're going to heaven and we're going to heaven and these folks over here are going to heaven. We're all teaching different things and we're all just taking different roads to get there. No, that is not the case. The Bible teaches in Romans 16, verse 17, that we are to note those or mark those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which we learned, the doctrine of Christ, and avoid them. So when someone says, well, we're all uh, going different ways, but we're all going to end up in the same place, that simply 
isn't so. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. You see, that is an inherently or in an inherently exclusive statement. If we want to get to the Father, we have to get there through Jesus Christ. And we must live in and abide by and teach the doctrine of Christ. Very, very important, uh, crucial part of this letter of Second John, these verses 9 through 11. Finally, verses 12 through 13, John has a quick conclusion. Uh, you might remember from our study of chapter 5, right at the end, uh, he very quickly and, and seemingly abruptly ends his uh, first letter, and he says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Well, he's got somewhat of a, a quick uh, conclusion to this letter as well. He says, Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. And so he just closes it out. And uh, verse 12, there's, by way of just a quick side note, I think this is a good principle that we can gain here. John says that he he has a lot more to say to him, but he doesn't want to say it in ink and uh, pen, you know, paper and ink. He doesn't want to say uh, these things that way through written communication. And I think John understood the value of and importance of face-to-face communication. We definitely need this uh, in our modern day. There are some things that just should not be said through a text message. Uh, there are some things that should not be said through email or a Facebook message or what have you. Uh, sometimes we need to remember that certain situations call for face-to-face uh, communication, addressing certain issues, uh, big problems that can come up in uh, in church work. We need to address those face-to-face. We certainly don't need to send a text message on some uh, major important matter. That's that's just a side note, but an important one that we can gather from what uh, John writes in verse 12. Also, don't forget this part, that our joy may be full. Joy is a very important uh, attribute to a Christian. It's part of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. So we need to make sure that our joy is full. Then verse 13, uh, the children of your elect or saved sister greet you. Amen. I think that very likely could be some good evidence that points to the fact that John likely was writing to an individual lady uh, in the book. But again, this could be figurative terminology as well. And the application for all Christians uh, remains the same regardless of exactly who this letter was written to. The truth, very, very important. Uh, Love, also very, very important. They're not mutually exclusive. They go hand in hand. If we love people, we'll tell them the truth. Paul wrote in Galatians, am I now therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, no. If uh, Paul told the truth, he he wasn't someone's enemy. He was their best friend in the world because he loved them enough to tell them the truth that they needed to hear. So we need to, to speak both the truth, true doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, and we also need to speak it in love. We need to make sure that we properly balance that out as we seek to serve God. Walking, as we also emphasized in this short epistle, walking according to his doctrine found in his word. Lord willing, next time we will 
uh, open up Third John and study that. And uh, we're rapidly heading toward the home stretch. We'll have Third John and then Jude. We'll be done with the the study of the general epistles. And uh, don't forget, we've got some other topics lined out for the rest of the season as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast. We hope that you'll tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.